Hello and welcome to Reset Your Thinking podcast. My name is Alex Segan and I'm really excited to be here on this podcast series with you as together we explore why you do what you do and what it is that makes you tick. You know, we spend our whole lives creating our reality and there's so much more that we can learn about ourselves and others. So grab yourself a cuppa and if you're in your car, turn up the sound and let's take a deep dive into how you can reset your thinking so that you can become the best version of yourself you can possibly be by extracting your true potential, bringing you strength, motivation and fulfillment. Okay, let's get started. Hello and welcome. And today I'm joined by an executive coach specializing specifically in advancing women and career transition for STEM executives, emerging leaders and female founders. I'd like to welcome to Reset Your Thinking podcast, Leah Zalems. Leah, it's a pleasure to have you here on Reset Your Thinking. How are you today? Oh, Alex, hello, hello, and what a, uh, what a treat, what an honour to uh, have this conversation space with you today, and I'm so looking forward to where we go and, and, uh, and just sort of where, where we go today, so thank you so much for having me on your podcast. You're so welcome, I'm really excited for this um, episode today, so let's get into it, shall we? Absolutely, far awesome. away. Fantastic, so let's start with a little bit about Lena. Or which version would you like? Ah. <laughs> How about Whichever the version you want. of you of just sort of my background and, and where I've come from and where I am right now? That would be terrific. Yeah. So I, um, yes, I am Leah Zalems and uh, I started life in Adelaide in uh, medical science, in biochemistry, because I was fascinated with how things work at the molecular level. Mm. And, uh, and I was also very inspired to find a cure for heart disease because, oh, wow. yeah, because a heart attack had taken my father out at a very young age, sudden right. death from heart attack. So that inspired me into science. Mm. Um, so I wasn't one of these kids that knew exactly what I wanted to do. It was like I was good at lots of things. And the career advice at that time was, well, whatever you do, you'll be great at it. So off into science I went. I learned very quickly that test tubes were far too lonely for me. And it was actually human behavior and the science of human behavior and the science of why we do what we do, plus business that actually were the two areas of my core passion. So that took me into a sales career. So I moved to Sydney and I spent most of my career in healthcare, preventative medicine, first in pharmaceuticals and then medical technologies and healthcare technologies, large enterprise system sales to improve the quality of human life uh, and and working with people. So the common thread was the science and the people. And, it, and, uh, and that then um, took me through numerous iterations of that. Um, and then a few years back in my mid-50s, I decided it was time for a career change because I wasn't seeing, I couldn't put my finger on it at the time, Alex, but when I look back now, I see that the corporate environment was not 
feeding me the nourishment I needed to become my the best version of myself to become as what I wanted to become and do what I wanted to do in the world. None of that was clear other than this inkling that there had to be something more and better. And that took me into uh, coaching psychology masters where we study the science behind why we do what we do, the science of goal setting, the go science of, of, um, of motivation and in the organizational leadership context. So that's where I brought my business background together, again, with that passion to understand why and how, and let's do it better. Let's do it better, you know, would have to be my, my mantra. And so five years down the track, here we are. Fantastic. And uh, in executive leadership, uh, wow. coaching and wanting to serve those people who have chosen to be in those corporate roles and government roles and institution roles, which are really important environments to um, that need to do well for the sake of humanity and our planet moving for forward. Absolutely. Leah, well, thank you so much for sharing that beautiful story with us. And, and I can, I really hear and heard the passion in you uh, about the research that you wanted to do and the, and I guess where it took you because of, uh, I suppose, your, your personal connection to it. So thank you for sharing that with us. Uh, and I guess this has then taken you to uh, doing some research even recently, I guess you've been doing some work with CEOs and leadership teams in science, technology, engineering, mathematics and medicine. STEM is, I believe, what you call it. So tell us a little bit about, I guess, and I suppose you sort of covered it very briefly, uh, about your purpose here and, and was it all of what you shared with us, what drove you to start the STEM research and leadership specifically? Yeah, that, that's a really good question. And part of it is the logic sense it seems to make where I have experienced those environments. So being male dominated in environments, being, um, you know, the, you think about STEM, you think about engineering, manufacturing, you, it, it, they're very male-dominated uh, mm. and have been set up that way. Yeah. And similarly with academia, um, you know, the, there's less than 1% of women are professors in engineering, for example. Wow, that's Australia. very low, isn't it? It's very, mm. very low. So the yeah. inequity, the gender imbalance is really, really out of whack. In yeah. um, There's something like only 16% of the workforce in Australia is employed in STEM. And of that, it's even a much smaller percentage of those who are women who are in leadership roles. Mm. And so, and then there's an there's a economic study from PwC that shows if we were to increase the um, number of women in, in, or number of people in STEM jobs, Mm. then just a 1% increase would increase the GDP by $57 billion. Wow. $57 right. 
So there's a real economic driver uh, yes. that mm. just to get more people across the board into the, the data, the, the computer science, the, the data analytics, because we are, we are very much in the era of technology-driven data, data-based decision-making. We totally. don't have enough mm. people who have mm. those skills for those types of jobs. Mm. And when wow. we look at like the world of AI and machine learning, which mm. is all about reducing human error and producing better outcomes in whatever industry you apply it, right? We mm. want better outcomes faster. Yes. If we don't have enough women in the mix and not just women, but all representations of humans <laughs> and at mm. all different levels and roles mm. in those data gathering uh, environments that that are producing the raw material to create the algorithm work for the, the for the geeky the geeky people to work with we're just going to amplify and accelerate the same old same old yeah. so the biases the norms we have in today these have not happened overnight this is centuries of mm. conditioning mm. men built the business world and studies are showing that women can be really good in the business world, but we don't have enough women leading businesses mm. to make that right. So that that's the crux of my mission, that if I can facilitate and potentiate more women to choose STEM, to choose leadership when they get to STEM, and then to be even more effective in their leadership roles, we can turn this around faster because we're oh, running out it. of time. The planet is running out of time. Yes. There's an urgency today that we didn't necessarily have or know about or, you know, be so aware of 20 years ago. Yeah, so, absolutely. Well, you make so many um so many critical points right there. And, and I think you've raised so many uh, amazing um, facts, you know, and it is really, really important, which takes me now to, you, to my next question, because I know too that you've conducted many interviews with women leaders within the STEM space. Um, and I'm really curious, you know, why choose these women specifically? Is this going to take us to the next step and help, you know, and sort of assist and leverage what it is that your mission is about? Yes, uh, thank, thank you for that, Alex. And, and this was a really um, intense piece of work I conducted last year over a right. period of six months. And one of the reasons I looked into the what's going on in the mindset of women who are succeeding in various stages of their mm. leadership career, yeah. in various types of roles in STEM, because often when people think STEM, they think techie geek, yeah. um, or they think backroom laboratories, introvert nerds. And so part of it was to explore, is that true? Right. <laughs> and, and, and are the same norms in place today that were there 30 years ago when I was in the lab, right? right. Mm -hmm. um, and part of it was, no, there, are, there, are, there is a cohort of women who are choosing to 
to stay, they're choosing to lead, and they're finding ways to thrive oh, in wow. spite of the biases, barriers, and setbacks and challenges. So what's going on in their mindset was, mm. was the, the driver. Wow. And is there, is there some way I can potentiate that, facilitate that, have a role to play in that? And if not directly with that cohort of women themselves, could that information be useful to someone else? Could that yeah. information be useful to help someone who is 15, 16, 17, wanting to choose, do they go arts? Do they go law? Do they go, go medicine? Do they go research? What could they do if they went the research path? Yeah. yeah. These women have had very deep experiences in a particular field of research with their PhDs and, and mm. so forth. So, because one of the other statistics that's important to note is that one in 20 scientists in their mid-career right now are going to quit. What? No, one in five, that's 20%. Yeah, one in five. And this is current Australia-based research from May 2020. Now, that is a disaster for yeah. the leadership pipeline to come. And mm. where are the role models for the young girls? They're going to look and they're going to see their mothers and sisters and friends quitting the industry that, that other people are encouraging them to go into. So, you know, mm. how do we stop the rot? And yeah. one of the things that is, is a big driver is recognition of their work, Alex. Absolutely. And, you know, I love what you said there. And it would have been such interesting uh, research that you would have um I suppose, got out of conducting these interviews. I would, I would love to have been there and got into the mindsets of these women right along with you because I think you make some great points here in that, well, firstly, why are they leaving? You know, that's really key. And really, if we think about it from a holistic perspective, it really doesn't matter which space we're in. Our mindset is everything, right? And so it's really a structure that we go through, a systemization within our mind and I'd be really interested to to um, to know even a little bit if you're happy to share, Leah. I guess with you know, has there been a common pattern that you found in their mindset around leadership, in their behaviour, in their thinking? Yes, yes, really good question, really really good question, Alex. And that's one aspect that I did, um, you know, did look at. Well. If we start off with how do we define leadership, just to sort of put it into yeah. a container, and the definition I chose was around Brene Brown's recent definition that it's not about your role or about which chair you sit in or what office you have, yeah. but it is about it's a it's it's about the actions you take and the actions right. you cause. So Absolutely. leadership is a verb. Yeah. And um, and and so this was really important. And that was the common characteristic, Alex. These women are incredible producers. Right. My goodness, they produce and produce. And they're not just acting for the sake of creating outcomes. They are very deliberate. Mm. They're very structured, as you say, and they're mm. very task focused. Right. So, and but and you know what was well come back to what was interesting about that but the two qualities outstanding just stand out 100% all 24 women was work ethic their conscientiousness right mm. pedal to the metal 
medal. Uh, right. Yeah, yeah, whatever that saying is. But and yeah. many of them <laughs> were family women as well. Right. Many of them, you know, had enormous um, challenges with <clears throat> biases and, and, and racism and their own inadequacies and English language. And, you know, so there were it, 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 we, we, one, one uh, of the um, professors is even has dyslexia. Right. And, and so... Don't tell me that, you know, that where there is a will, there's a way when the mindset is right. Totally. totally. So the conscientiousness and then the persistence. Nice. And what sits under the persistence, Alex, was their choice to see challenges as problems to solve. Nice. So I think the underlying uh, sort of maybe innate trait below that was a love of problem solving yeah and this is something you share too that you the more complex it is the more you want to get into it yeah. and that's the trait that's the standout trait wow and an incredibly powerful environment yes yes and so and I think too their research skills was the mm. other facet to them so as I said and more than half of them have completed a PhD in their chosen field um, so research was their were their prized possessions and it really stood them out in terms of how they apply that in their commercial roles today mm. in their professorships or their approach to how they uh, how they teach and lead today mm. and that was something that I felt they took for granted and yes. that I was able to highlight the value like to mirror back to them hey don't take this for granted this is one of your superpowers these are the things that differentiate you from someone perhaps with not with without a PhD or without that strong technical like process-based, problem-solving-based education. Absolutely. And it's such an entrepreneurial mindset, really, because they're, 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 you mentioned the word problem-solving. You know, there's no barrier. There's no boundaries. There's no challenges. It's all about, well, how can we do it differently? What can we look at to maybe implement some other different system, other different structure, other different way of doing it? So there, they've been, and I, I'm, not, I'm saying they've, but the thing is in that obviously their conditioning has been about always problem solving. So what is the end in mind and working backwards to reverse engineer some form of structure, some form of, or some steps to be able to create a solution. Yes. Um, you and, know, and, and that is an entrepreneurial that. mindset, isn't it, Leah? Because you know, that that's what you need. You need to be able to create something from nothing sometimes. <laughs> well, that that is a, a another um, layer of insight right there, Alex, because mm. I hadn't attached the quality, you know, the qualities of an entrepreneur with that, the qualities of these, these highly educated, highly, their, their achievements lists of published papers and um, patents and you know there's lots of things they have achieved because mm. the the bottom line is they expect their work 
right to achieve something that's going to improve the way something is right now this was particularly yeah. pertinent to the engineering cohort and it gave wow. me a really good insight into that value the unique value of what an engineering background and education brings to that leadership table because I guess where we're leading with this is to is to tease out what are the specific superpowers specific to each of them which I've highlighted in the research too which is more about their their personality trait superpower mm -hmm. that I witnessed but when we look at the way they think and the impact that's going to have in a leadership team in a in a um you know in a in a cabinet in in a in a government um team mm. anywhere where big important decisions are made there's a there's a lack of often a lack of the science based data driven evidence based leaders in those rooms and so mm. this is where that aspect of what mm. they bring to a leadership team but yeah and again they don't necessarily see themselves as entrepreneurs no so that's that, exactly you know right. and this is where we need diversity we this do. is why we all we need do. each other <laughs> absolutely I couldn't agree with you more so Leah I'm really curious you know having done this incredible research and interviewing these successfully inspiring women leaders what is maybe I, I'll usually ask for three things um but what 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 have you come away with is there maybe one thing that has perhaps stood out for you in terms of learning uh from interviewing these women that's a great question. And the, the one thing that stands out is that you've got to believe in your value. Yeah. You've got to believe that your project idea, your hypothesis, your thing has value. Mm. And that the time and the energy that you're putting into this matters. Yeah. And it may, and it may be a long sales cycle before the, the the major breakthrough comes, right? So mm -hmm. when you look at it, it's like a a project, a business with a a, a very long incubation period. Um, but it's it is about backing yourself, and yes. that's part of that journey. I also saw the value of those who had um, put themselves through a PhD, the value and of specific mentors in mm. guiding them and being that mirror for them before and seeing that potential in them before they saw it for themselves. Wow. Yeah. That's, I love what you said there. That's so powerful because when we get, I guess, um, so involved and so stuck in the doing in the whirlwind of it all you know when we're sort of it's like that balcony saying you know often sometimes we do so many we do the same thing over and over and you mentioned earlier how these amazing women um you know they've got lists and lists and lists of qualities and you saw that in them um and sometimes when we're in it we can't see it so having someone like yourself, myself, lots of people out there who do very similar things to be able to, and I love what you said, Leah, 
in that being the mirror for them I think that's so key because that then takes it to the next dimension doesn't it it helps them leverage yet to the next level um, with, with someone helping them see their true value what a wonderful learning you've had and you've come away with Thank you for sharing that with us. And so- the, the other thing too, Alex, is that this cohort as, a, as an industry, they don't blow their own trumpet. Like yeah. getting up and like writing published papers and doing speaking, um, you know, taking speaking opportunities in that academic world you know a lot of them you know are or will write books and things but there's a somehow there's a how do we shine the light yeah more and better and there are a lot of government initiatives now who you know to provide funding and and grants to and platforms are being uh, made where women can um you know register their credentials and and there's different leaders and different initiatives showcasing uh different scientists work uh, on linkedin but it, it's kind of there's a there's a huge gap there we're, we're yeah. not influencing enough or inspiring enough young girls to choose science and we're not stemming the tide of of the middle layer leaving so this is my quest to see well where can executive coaching perhaps come in and accelerate that that um that process and add another level of um, of development work that is that is not mentoring, right? What mm. you and I do as executive coaches, part of it is mentoring. But what about that deep personal transformational leader development work that we bring? How much of that mm. is going on at a at a qualified at a uh, at an effective level? in STEM organisations. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Some great questions raised right there. Important ones, Leah. Which brings me to my next question. And I know that you mentioned earlier about leadership and, uh, you know, Brene Brown and her beliefs and thoughts around leadership. But I'm really curious, and I'm sure that our audience and viewers are too, in that what is your take on leadership specifically? So what is it that you believe and what does leadership mean to you, Leah Zellin? great question uh, Alex and uh, leadership to me it is about creating positive action both in myself and in those I want to influence intentionally mm-hmm. and and create an ongoing ripple effect to make positive change beautiful and the other aspect that I was um, considering earlier was, you know, do do I associate good leadership with business success, right? Because mm. if, and this, like if a business is successful, does that mean that the leader or the owner is, is automatically a good leader, you know? And obviously in the business mm. world, with all great the, question it is a great question it is a great question yeah <laughs> and and I and this is where um I think the world is telling us that's not the case necessarily right um right. but then we are seeing 
you know, the a lot more corporate social responsibility. We're seeing the uh, big leaders with that have made a lot of big money, you know, create different projects that enable uh, that and facilitate growth in other areas on a more humanistic level. Yes. But it is about the positive change, but it's about intentional influence. Yes, I love that. Intentional influence. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you for sharing that with us, Leah. And so what's been your experience in leadership? So I know that you've shared your journey, your you know, your, your professional journey with us thus far, but what's been your personal experience in leadership? My um, personal experience in leadership has been in leading cross-functional business development and sales teams in right. the healthcare environment over very long sales cycles and very complex government-driven, tender-driven environments, as well as the more nimble, more corporate, quick, faster sales cycle environments. Right. And now in my own business, it's very much about leading myself and making decisions about where I spend my time and who am I trying to influence now? Wow, that's so, so powerful. Questions that leaders should, must be asking themselves all the time because let's face it, leadership is an inside job, right? It, it starts as an, it, it, the inside job never finishes, Alex. That's I know. <laughs> Look at us. So many years down the track. <laughs> and I think, you know, I'll be 60, you, 70 and still. <laughs> well, but that is what inspires me. Like in totally. my um, coaching psychology masters, the leaders in that field of uh, psychology are in their 70s and they've yeah. been at this for 30, 40, 50 years now. And they are Beautiful. more inspired today because there is so much more opportunity to get information out quickly to be um, initiating projects globally the internet has democratized business on yeah. many many levels and and so how do we harness that Mm. Uh, and, and to be able to bring what we know and what has, um, what has changed us and package that in ways that makes it consumable and accessible by leaders and aspiring leaders around the world today. Because I know that if, if more leaders, whether they be in STEM or in, other, in uh, any other industry, experienced coaching with you for instance they would be starving for more they would be mm. wondering where how did I get this far without this mm. right? but I think there's a couple of things there that one is there is a lot of poor quality executive coaching and coaching across the board yes and when people get burnt they will they won't put themselves through that again no and we Again, one voice, you know, <laughs> where do we put our time best yeah. to serve who? And that's where I'm looking for that hinge to swing the, the, uh, the biggest door, the, the heaviest door. And why leaders? Because leaders have that 
ambition and the uh, the vision to make positive change and to lead others and lead with others and through others so if we can harness their power and empower them to be more effective with their communication with their influence then the impact of their work will be bigger and it will happen faster absolutely here here i couldn't have said it any better myself absolutely i love that i love that Leah, with all that you've shared right now um, and with all the experience that you come with and the knowledge and the insights, what's been your biggest challenge as a leader? My biggest challenge is intentional influence. Right. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that is the honest truth, Alex. That's that's cool. Okay. Great. Right? Tell me more. What tell I me more. Strive, tell me more. What I strive to initiate and and amplify in others is exactly what I strive within myself each and every day. And wow. I have been like that all my life, but it's only with your question today. Yeah. that I've been able to articulate that. So wow. I thank you for the journey that you've taken me on today and leading up to today because this is what this is what effective coaching is. We actually take a journey and we land in a better place in a more empowered place as a result of the dialogue, as a result of the connection, as a result of stru a, a, a structured approach. Mm, like I, I, I don't want to use powerful questions per se because that's bandied around, but they are very powerful questions. Yeah. <laughs> I, you know, I don't, I, like I want to give it to you because it's so true, but it's one of those things that gets bandied around and it's only powerful because it's in context with who you and I are and yeah. who you are, what you and I are striving to achieve. That's what gives the question the power, not the words themselves. In no, the that's exactly right. And you're so welcome. And I want to thank you for being so vulnerable and so honest and so raw here today. I think it's really important to um, bring all this stuff out to surface, you know, because it adds value, doesn't it? It really adds value. Well, I think this is also what differentiates coaches who have invested heavily in their own development. And I would never give even $1 to a coach that was not investing in their own oh. development on a psycho-emotional level, as well as the actual professional skills of of delivering coaching oh, I couldn't agree with you more to be honest absolutely <laughs> absolutely there is no barrier to end like the barrier to entry in coaching is non-existent there is no bar you don't there's not one qualification that every coach has that mm. creates some kind of standard mm. so I think that's why it's important when we have a platform like this that we tell it how it is but we share and we show our our skills and our uh, who we really are because it's a very personal uh, relationship and personal decision who you choose to work with, whether it be on a, your own professional development or the development for your teams and organisations. 
Absolutely. Well said, Leah. Well said. Leah, I'm really curious, if I may, um, I know you've had, um, you know, you, you've shared how um, involved you're be you've been in the STEM culture. I'm really curious, how different do you believe in your experience um, over the years is STEM culture to other cultures? Or is there no difference at all? It's just the mindset again. Well, culture, cultures, culture is set by the leaders. The tone yes. is set mm. by the leaders. It's the responsibility of everybody in the yes. system, but the tone, it definite, like the leader's shadow is bigger than others. I mean, they people get paid more at, to be solving bigger complex problems and having the responsibility of the outcomes of the business so there's different levels of responsibility mm. and therefore there's there's the the impact of the the energy and the attitudes and the values uh the beliefs of that leader is what sets the tone and i wonder if the issues in stem are not so much because of the nature of the work but it, but historically it has been it has attracted those industries have attracted more men mm. than women they've been male dominated from the beginning but you look at say the hospital environment or the, yes. the medicine um environment you, you you know you pretty much got 50 50 women in mm. terms of doctors in medicine but that's maybe when you look at GPs, what's the ratio of specialists? Yeah. I think you'll find that there'll be some specialties where there's more women than men, mm. um, but there are inequities the higher you go up the tree. So I would say probably the, the common denominator is the male dominated industry yeah. as opposed to it being STEM specific other than they are highly technical and they do they have historically attracted more men than women mm, wow so for the, thank you for that leah so for the purposes of our listeners and our audience then if you could do one thing to improve the stem leadership culture what would that be one thing to improve the stem leadership culture mm -hmm might be a little bit biased here in my <laughs> response, Alex. <laughs> but I would be looking very uh, closely and carefully at the quality of professional development that's being delivered in those fields to both men and women. Ah, oh, yeah, both absolutely. men and women. And there is a fabulous initiative um, and that has been put out that uh, is the STEM, uh, the New South Wales STEM uh, decadal plan, or I might, might have that, it might be a, 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 a federal initiative, but they've actually, and this has been under Lisa Harvey-Smith, who's the science am ambassador, right, to provide guideline, guidelines of how to develop development programs that are measurable, that are, mm professional that are thorough yeah. and so in that step towards improving the quality of of professional development that's delivered 
Beautiful. So um, because we've got to keep the ones that are in there and keep them growing and, yes. and improving their effectiveness. And that also becomes a lighthouse for the women coming, um, the generations to come to see I'm taken care of. My yes. development is taken care of when I invest my time in this organisation. Beautiful, because let's face it, we all want to develop. It is it is a desire that each and every human exactly. has within. You know, exactly. it's just been able to be given the ability and the and the chance. That's what I would also. Answer. But just before we leave that, that's from the organisational perspective. But I would say to mm. each and every STEM mid-career individual whether you aspire to leadership or not whether you want more responsibility or not be responsible for your own development and yeah. look find ways to invest in your own development don't wait for your boss to pay for it totally. because we're not there yet they're not they're not investing in the same quality of development for that that middle year if they are they're, they're still looking after their top performers at this stage yes so yes and missing out on all the other great performers that are still waiting to be you know developed yes yes wonderful answer great answer love it so here's one for you if you could have a billboard with anything on it, what would it be and why? Mm. Lead with inspiration and love where you're at. Mm. I love that. Nice. Great billboard. I love it. Yeah, and and I I use the word lead and I use the word inspiration because I believe if we believe we can lead, if we start to see ourselves, if more of us start to see ourselves as leading, mm. we're going to start the process of thinking differently. Absolutely. We're going to start the process of doing, making different choices. And that's why we, we, we have to see it in, you know, we've, we've got to give ourselves a chance. We do. And not necessarily does it mean, I so love what you said there, Leah, because it doesn't, you know, people have this belief that to be, to have and implement and, um, you know, show up as a leader means you've got to have the title as well. No, we don't need that title to be a leader. Everyone, like you just mentioned, can be a leader and, and bring those leadership qualities within themselves to then share and help develop everybody around them. Mm. Yeah, And that's where uh, uh, some of the latest research is going, is looking for those positive energy um, attractors in an organization yeah. and yeah. it might be the janitor or the yeah. tea well there's no tea ladies anymore is there but you know it, as you say it might be the person with the who's the newest person in the organization absolutely and don't we all love new energy in a group Right? Absolutely. And yeah. um, but yes, this this idea of situational leadership, the idea of um, leadership by example are very, very 
um, strong foundational pieces in the work that I do, um, because I truly believe that that everyone is a leader of themselves and with the right skills we can lead ourselves in any position in totally. the organization we and we've got to feed ourselves before we can feed others we've got to believe in our own potential because there's not always someone there to mirror that back to you until you start walking that path and showing up and uh, and that's another thing I think that is um, that requires more attention and more help is helping the women in STEM show up in ways that shows them as leaders and not just as scientists or not just as great technicians, but what about the impact they're having through their leadership behaviors, through their mm. leadership mindset? That Absolutely. I think is another gap that would really accelerate the whole women in leadership in STEM uh, project. Absolutely. Absolutely. Wow. Leah, you've been incredible. You've been absolutely a wealth of information and I've I've really enjoyed um, chatting with you here today. And I just want to say thank you for your time today. And what support and resources are available if people, our audiences, our, um, our audience, our, our viewers, if they want to get in touch with you, what support and resources are available to them? I uh, definitely connect with me on LinkedIn because mm -hmm. I, I post um, regularly there. And I also have a newsletter Right. that um, we can put the, the link in the, in the notes, but I put out weekly uh, free content and it's uh, Leadership Mindset Tips Weekly. Nice. I also have a Z Axis uh, TV YouTube channel where actually each of the 24 uh, women I interviewed, the full interviews are there. Mm -hmm. uh, cool. And it also has free resources on different uh uh, psychology tools and aspects of leadership development that I do again so that people can get uh, uh, as a taste of, of how I work and what my style is because it's definitely as much a, um, a style choice as it is a information-based choice as to who you work with but Absolutely. you know again it's and where do you go for information I, I do my best to put quality uh, information out there. Um, and, uh, and then I do have a, um, a self-development course, Un um, Unlock Your Superpowers, which uh, again, through my newsletter, you can have access to that as well for those who want to learn more about turning your strengths into superpowers and actioning all this great learning uh, that we invest in. Wonderful. Wow. Sounds fantastic, Leah. And thank you so very much for your time today, um, for coming on to Reset Your Thinking podcast and sharing with us your insights, your knowledge, your expertise, all on women in leadership and all of what you said, all of those links, I will also pop on the podcast um, channel that uh, we'll be advertising or, you know, sharing this, uh, this episode on today. So thank you again for your time. And thank you for for being here and for taking the time to share all of what you've shared. Thank you so much, Alex. I really enjoyed it. Thank you so much for having me on.
You're so very welcome. And thank you too to our listeners and our viewers here on Reset Your Thinking podcast. And if you'd like to make contact with Leah, make sure you visit our website, anchor.fm backslash reset your thinking, where you can access Leah's details and you can also um, access anything, um, all, the, all the stuff that Leah's mentioned and subscribe to our show in the future. So thank you again, Leah. Thanks, Alex. Okay.